Hello, Dwayne Brummett here with Allie Alvarigo, SchoolOwnerTalk.com. Um, Allie, great to be with you again, sir. Yeah, great to be with you as well. It's the, it's that Monday, right? You know, and it's funny. Um, I taught the term. I didn't teach it. I actually brought it up to my uh, girlfriend and, uh, you know, about the Monday blues. You know, we get to hang out all weekend and then we go back and we jump back into our uh, normal everyday lives. And, you know, she goes her way, I go my way. And you know, I'm like, it's like, I have the Monday blues now. So we both have those Monday blues where we're back in reality. And that's where you and I are. We meet on Mondays to kind of counsel each other through it all and uh, motivate each other. Yeah, we had a, like for us, we had a great weekend. Um, I'm tearing out my kitchen. So I had to tear out half of that, uh, uh, what was it, Saturday, and I got to tear out the other half um, today, actually. Um, and uh, But yesterday we, we were up in uh, Chicago on one of the lake, on one of the beaches up there, yeah, you know, on Lake Michigan, and my son had a, a volleyball, a beach volleyball tournament uh, this weekend, or this this past Sunday. So besides, like, the storm that came rushing in for a little bit, uh, otherwise it was a great day. We actually went in, into our car and, and kind of hunker down in that and wait for it to pass, and then it was and then it was beautiful, so. That's awesome. And, you know, I had a busy weekend, too, not quite as fun as yours, although I did have a great time. I hung out by my pool, but we also, our demonstration team performed at the uh, minor league baseball stadium, which is we, we have in Long Island called the Long Island Ducks. They're like a minor league uh championship team so we had 150 of our families and students go and watch our demo and then get to stay and watch the game and afterwards they do a fireworks display and then on Sunday we had another big demonstration with our team and man it was hot though I mean we'd pull the mats out and if we didn't demo right away the kids couldn't even put their hands on the mats to do cartwheels that's how hot it was so we'd have to keep the mats in the in the shade until it was our time but it was just fun stuff but You know what's interesting? I I wanted to get your opinion on this, and maybe the listeners probably run into this same thing. And as an owner, when I used to run my dojo all the time, I was always there. You know, like every event I went to, I I sat with the families. You know, people asked me questions. I joked around. I, you know, I became, you know, that person. I was like the face of it all, right? And I I find that sometimes even the guys that are helping me run my school – you know, they, they work all week, I get it, they put in 40 plus hours, they're tired and they, you know, but on special events, they, you know, they want to take off or they don't want to be there and, and I try to teach them if eventually they're going to be running the entire school for me, it's so essential for them to be a part of that culture, you know, where people, you know, they're the guy, you know, they're the people or the girl, you know, they're the ones that everyone loves, you know, they connect with this bond that's unbreakable, so to speak. Well, what are your thoughts on that? Maybe the listeners also have that struggle, like, what, you know, what do you do or, you know, what do you think about it? Well, that, that's always the, the struggle, isn't it, where you, you want your team players to actually always or almost always, I would say almost always at least want to be on the team, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> and and, and uh, be a part of that. I, well, I, I will say that maybe I've kind of orchestrated that this way, where, um, you know, we have our storm team, which is our special team of role models, and you have to be on the storm team in order to be uh, even considered to, you know, become an instructor. And there's obviously levels that they have to go through in the storm team and what have you. But um, so now, so from from that, then I have – those storm team members, and you know, uh, I hope none of them listen to this call, but 
they they I, the ones that I'm looking for are the ones that are always at the events are almost always there and if they can't be there they say you know what sir I'm sorry I can't be there and this is why because they're doing it for free they're doing it because they want to to learn how to do it and they want to be a part of the culture and, and what what have you so my head instructor uh, Master Bean he was that type of person where he where whatever was going on at the school he was there. Um, you know, when it was uh, black belt testing, even though he wasn't testing, he was there watching the test or being a part of the graduation or what have you. And so it's those individuals that over time actually move up into those type of roles into my school. Um, right. And so I, I, I think that that helps to create that type of culture for me, whereas when – and I'm not knocking this – because you can have a great person that you just hire off the street, um, but the, the the loyalty might be a little bit different than somebody that you've raised. Like for me with uh, with Master Bean, I mean, he was 11 years old when he started with me, and now he's uh, 27, going on 28. And so there's a there's a difference between that and you know somebody that uh, just starts off with me and and maybe is already a black belt or something in another art yeah. or whatever and starts teaching for me or what have you. So, and, and again, I'm not knocking that because you can find phenomenal individuals that way too. But I think what I'd like to go back, what I said, I, I've helped to create that through picking and choosing the individuals that move up into my organization based upon their, uh, you know, their commitment level during the, 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 the free times when they weren't getting paid. Right. And, and, you know, it's interesting. I mean, I, I have a black belt that started with me, and uh, she was, you know, one of my first black belts, and, and she's still one of my best friends and, and, a, and a website partner in the website business. And when I mentioned stuff like that, she's like, oh, you know, that would have never happened back in the day. You know, she came from the old guard, you know, and she's like, you know, we would, my students wouldn't even leave the building until I left first, and they watched me get in my car and got home safe. That's classically the tradition of the martial arts. I, I would lift up my bag, they would take it out of my hands. Nowadays, you know, I would go to clean, they grab the paper towel. Um, my students of now, nowadays, they, you know, they say, okay, good night, and then they leave, and, you know, they don't carry my bag. They don't clean when they see or take it away from me. Um, and it's bec- partially it's my fault, because back then I had to teach those students to be like that anyway, and I'm no longer there as much to teach the new students to act that way. So, you know, what can I expect to some extent? But I would hope that the, the existing people that are there, my, my current black belts, would teach that lesson um, to, the, to the new students, but they don't get it, you know. And that's where, um, you know, it's important for us to always be, always be teaching, right? You know, they always be selling, always be, you know, teaching and making sure that the students, the parents, everyone else understands uh, the way things are, the protocol, and so on. Right. So, well, so, and I think, you know, think, and let me say part of that is um, inside of the culture of the martial arts anyways. But there is, another, you know, another portion that has to be overtly talked about and put there, be it through a student manual and then constant reputi- uh, repetition inside of the class and at events and those type of things. Um, but also, you know, I, I, I did this. Um, for years where I never wanted to use a title, um, right. especially, you know, master Brummett type thing. I just it didn't, it, it just didn't feel 
is good for me. You know, I always liked Mr. Brummett. I didn't want anybody thinking, especially since I run, you know, a Christian martial arts school, you know, I didn't want to think people thinking that uh, they had to bow down to me by I'm their master type thing. Yeah, um, I get you. If that makes sense. Yeah. So, oh, uh, I, I, okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyways, uh, once I got to my next level and it's an associate professor position, now I'm not so, um, you know, picky about that. But, yeah. you know, I told my staff, I said, well, if we're going to, you know, if I want this to be something that is now said, then right. I need you guys to do it. Right. You know, no longer can it be Mr. Brummett. I, I need it to be Professor Brummett. And so I need your guys' right. help with that. So I had to stop, start with the top down yeah. thing in order to make that happen, if that makes sense. It does. And you know what, though? And here's my thoughts on that, too. You know, martial arts are about, you know, military arts, which is about hierarchy. Um, you know, and they're, you know, if you, and I, I get upset with the modern martial arts that do not think that instructors should be addressed and treated a specific way. And by the way, I had a, my, my old girlfriend, she would get very annoyed when I would say, you know, it's all about reverence. And she's like, ah, oh, you just want people to bow to you and, you know, all this stuff. And, and I go, no, I actually could care less, to be honest. I really don't. And just like you, I cringe at the title of master because I don't see myself as a master. I, when I see a master and I actually call them and look at them as a master, um, uh, you know, it's like, like a Steven Seagal in the martial arts, in my opinion, is truly a master. In fact, I just talked to him. Um, uh, the other day on, on text message, so I didn't tell you that, which was kind of cool. Um, and I was trying to hook up and connect with him to do seminars, but he's going away for two years or a year and a half to film a movie or two movies in Croatia or some country. Um, but uh, anyway, he's like a master to me, so I never felt that I was in that category. However, our students see us like I see Steven Seagal and my teacher from Japan. And, um, and you know what? To be honest, if you don't want to be that person, I get it. But the students need you to be the Mr. Miyagi. They, they want to be able to look up to you. And if they don't and they don't have that respect, then that's what happens where they don't carry your bag or they don't clean the school or they don't call you the proper name. By the way, I yelled at a parent. It's not yelled at him, but kind of was stern. And uh, my one guy is a Renchi. He's a third Don. His name is Peter and it's Renchi Peter. That's or just Renchi. And the other guy, one of the parents who actually is a student, hey, Peter. And I'm like, it's Renchi Peter. It's not just Peter. Stop saying that. And it was kind of a little bit of air, tension in the air for a few seconds, and then we moved on. But, um, but I was kind of annoyed, you know, because that's, they're not just Peter. And the kids, your kids who train with them, shouldn't be hearing you call them Peter either. Right. So, so there's a little well, bit of a like thing. like they do that with the, with the principal at school. They, right. They would, well, maybe they would, but they should. Yeah, they you never know, right? Principal, but, yeah. But well, you know, so anyway, day and age where where respect is um, totally out the window, you know, in more ways than one nowadays. Oh, dude, look at it now. I mean, look, we're not get into this whole political environment, but look at it now, just with the police officers and and you know the way things, the way people act, and the way they are. I think the only thing they understand, you know, there is no respect for titles. There is no, and I don't say no. There, there's the you know a lot of the new age. Um, there's no respect for titles. There's no respect for authority. There's no respect for position, right? So it's confusing to me that the only thing, when that happens and the respect is lost for the title or the position or the authority, then the only thing that will prevail will be violence. I hate to say this, and rather than go into a crazy 
you know, esoteric mentality, but the only thing people will respect is the threat of violence because what else will they respect at that point? There's anarchy, right? And that's where we have to bring the respect back so that the violence stops. And uh, the respect sometimes comes with strength, force, warriors, you know, that kind of stuff. Anyway, so, I mean, I think it's important for us to always continually teach this mindset within our students. So what, what are some things that you could give to instructors? What would you say that would be some interesting stuff that you could, you know, teach within the classroom or curriculum or to the leadership team that would help them, uh, you know, restore this mentality of, uh, you know, whatever, uh, you know, respect and, and that in the school? Well, I think part of it is the, the action of, like you said, uh, the higher-ups, um, you know, like you had to correct that parent who really was a student anyway. So it wasn't like you were correcting a parent, although that everybody else might have saw or seen you um, correcting a parent, you know, and I'm holding my quote fingers up. But they weren't really a parent. So it, number one, I think it starts with the top down and, and the individuals that are already in those positions of, of quote-unquote leadership inside of your school or at least being a black belt inside of your school they need to have that type of of understanding on the protocol and the respect and all the the minute detailed things. So it all has to start there, and then it, then it starts to move through. But we have to be careful because I've seen before where you know you teach the higher belts, let's say black belts, um, and you're reinforcing that, and then they in turn do it incorrectly, meaning okay, we tell them. You know, now it's your responsibility to go and, and make sure the lower belts are doing it, but they don't do it with the same heart that we do. Not all of them. Some of them oh, no, but you're right. Where, uh, yeah, it's a demand thing. Oh, no, no, you respect me. And one right. thing that I've always told my staff, and I've shared with parents from time to time, is that, you know, I, I, um, I, I, I want you to respect me for my personality, not for my position. Because if you respect me for my personality, then you will automatically respect my position. Now, you know what though? Can I yeah. can I go ahead? Can I comment on that? Certainly. I almost think that could be true in a perfect world, but like I had said before, I think that people, you know, when you do what you're doing, right, and there's that mutual respect. I think it's a different type of respect than than more of what I would consider that reverence. So in other words, now that parent who, by the way, who trains, um, you know, is, you know, in the dojo, he's bowing, yes, Renshi, hi, sensei, outside, he's like, hey, Peter, and, and I think that he still respects him, but he's not showing the same respect, because the reverence, now he's like, okay, well, you're out of the dojo, you're not wearing your belt, you're not my sensei anymore, you're just Peter, and that, to me, is where people forget and where, you know, so, so yeah, they're going to respect you because you're an awesome guy. They're going to respect you because you're a martial artist. But, you know, like going like, well, you know, my dad, when I grew up, if I wasn't respectful to a cop or police officer, my dad was totally fine with that cop walking up and slapping me in the face. Like, that's how I was raised. He's like, you know, I, I wouldn't even tell him that I was upset, my dad would say, because he, he wanted me to have that fear that, you know, that kind of respect. Does that make sense? Is that true? It's like to, to you? Oh, no, it certainly is. Um, and, you know, do, putting that fear into your kids is one thing. Um, putting that into other people's kids when it isn't being re, uh, reinforced at home yeah. is a little bit more 
yeah, it's a lot more tricky. And so but that's however, why I'm, though, right? you like, know, I want them. No, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just going to no, quickly gonna... say that, <clears throat> um, that that's why I say that I want them to respect me for my personality as opposed to my position. But then I also go on to say that that allows me to use influence over authority. But it's not to say that authority won't step in if influence decides not to work. Right. You know, it's interesting. Just recently, I don't know if you've ever heard of, uh, you know, of course, you've probably heard of the motorcycle gang, the Hells Angels. Everyone has. But we have a chapter right. of bikers on Long Island called the Pagans. And they're a pretty rough and tumble group. And I used to have a friend of mine that was in the Pagans. And I just saw uh, uh, the, the head of the Pagans just recently at a diner. And uh, I said, hey, do you know my friend? He's like, oh, yeah, he hasn't been around for a long time. He's kind of retired out. But, I mean, he goes, man, that guy got a lot. You know, he was a tough cookie. And I remember him. If people didn't respect him, I remember one time I was in a band and I was at a, at sitting at the bar waiting to perform and some guy was harassing me. You know, he just wouldn't leave me alone, whatever, and I didn't want to fight him getting ready to go on stage. My friend took out his knife and stabbed him in the hand <laughs> and was like, you better leave him alone right now. And I was, like, blown away by it. Like, I'm not that way, you know, and I was shocked. And then he pulled the knife out. He says, go get that thing stitched up. And, and, and it was scary, right? You know, but that kind of fear. Now, I'm not saying that's a good fear, but at the same time, sometimes that's only what society respects. And, uh, and, and I'm not saying it's a good thing, but again, I'm just trying to say, like, sometimes, you know, even when you're a corporate owner of a corporation, if you fire someone, people sort of get in line in a way. So, I mean, what do you, what do you think about that? Well, that's that's true. I mean, even what Dan Kennedy says that you should go around about every six months and fire a couple of people because everybody else will straighten up. Now, I don't know if right. I totally agree with that philosophy, but the concept, the concept is true. Um, and usually, the individuals that you let go, they should have been let go a long time ago, and everybody else in your corporation knew it before you knew it anyhow. Um, right. <laughs> and that even right. goes along with you know, and this isn't what this conversation is about, but that even goes along with uh, letting students go. I mean, right. it's the same deal. There's a, the parents and other students know that that kid should have been out of there a long time ago. Well, here's another dilemma. I'll bring it up. It's almost like I'm you know, getting your counseling today. Like I have some, you know, we have a really good demo team where where uh, uh, New York tournament uh, state champions three times in a row, and our team is pretty amazing. And then sometimes I'll have, like, I just had two kids who I love, and they're both really good students, one a purple belt, one a brown belt. They've been on the team for like a year or two. And they're like, yeah, we're going to quit for the summer, and we'll, we're not sure if we're going to come back, but we'll let you know. And it's almost like, you know, quitting, uh, you, you know, you play for the New York Yankees, right? and you go, okay, coach, well, I'm going to quit for the summer, and I'll let you know if I'll come back, you know, and that kind of thing. So I got a little ticked off, and I'm almost like, no, once you quit, you're not coming back. You're not going to get that privilege again. It's just not happening. What do you think about that? What are your thoughts on that? Well, yeah, I don't know that it's a bad idea. Um, but I don't know that it needs to be um, said to them unless they decide they want to come back. Right, right. True. You know, why should I let you back in? <clears throat> because, you know, why why end it on that note? Even though you you, I get it. It's 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 it, you. I, I I would want to say the same thing. Like, what 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 makes you think I would accept you back? Right. You know, right. but we know that the majority of those individuals aren't going to come back anyways. And right. so <clears throat> I'm more in the mindset now that I'll, I'll deal with that when and if you want to come back. And maybe I'll make it a little bit harder for you to come back. Right. And see if you really do want to come back. 
Yeah, yeah, and and that's what bought, like for me, if I ever left the team, like for example, in the traditional martial arts, if you take on the job of cleaning the dojo, and you do it on a regular basis, it becomes your job. And then if you don't do it, you get in trouble for it. And even though that you volunteered to do it, it becomes understood that you took on that responsibility. But when you don't do it now, it becomes something that you did wrong. And if you then decide not to do it, that's okay. But you'll never get that privilege. And people say a privilege to clean. You know, is that a privilege? Well, yeah, because your instructor trusts you. They depend on you. You become elevated in who you are when the teacher relies on you. And then that's the next person he asks to teach or run the school or, you know, become a head instructor and so on. And it's all based on responsibility, right? Like it's all about whether, you know, whether your your instructor feels you're worthy kind of mentality. What what do you think about that? Uh, absolutely, I I mean I totally uh, agree with that. I mean I have uh, <clears throat> one of my employees who doesn't work on uh, um, Wednesdays and excuse me Mondays and Wednesdays, uh, but they come in and help out. They just, right. They come in and help out. I don't pay them. They 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 work Tuesday Thursday and Fridays, but. Right, they want to come in and help out, and and it's understood. I mean, I and I I sat down with them, and I'm like, thinking, um, I, I just want you to know, I can't pay you. Right, you know, that would throw our payroll out of it. No, I just want to come in and have the experience. I said, okay. Right. Yeah, and you know what's interesting is, you know, you're hitting on everything, Dwayne. All your answers kind of bring up another thing. You know, I just had a young girl who's phenomenal. Love her to death. She's on my demo team. Great student. Super responsible. And now I don't know because I haven't spoken to her personally, but I just heard from through the grapevine she made a parents made a call and blah, 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 that she's only going to want to work. At, she works at both schools. Um, but she's only going to want to work if she could work at the one school, West Islip, and she only wants to do two or three days a week, and she's not going to do the five that she was doing, which I kind of understand. Um, however, uh, you know, and, and, you know, that's their choice. they they got to decide. She's only 17 if she really wants to be working or enjoying her summer. Um, but uh, But at the same time, you can't pick and choose what you do, right? And that's, uh, well, that's you know, that's... <laughs> As an employee, but people think they can. They're like, nah, I don't want to work those days. I'll just work on Tuesdays and Wednesdays between the hours of four and four thirty. And you know, and it's funny how people think in this day and age. Well, you no, know, and that's not just in the studio. I can tell, I can assure you that there's there's uh, you know other owners and even in fast food and stuff where these kids are telling them, you know, well, no, I can't work that day. I can't work that day. And yet they still have a job. Like if that happened when you and I were kids, we they would have just said, okay, well then we can't use you, and they would have just let us go. Exactly, exactly, and that's what I'm going to do probably. I'm going to say, well, I get it, I totally understand. You have a choice if you want to not work on those days. I get it, no problem, you know, and that's it, and no, you'll be pulled off the schedule. That's all. I mean, I can't see. I just, but I, it, it totally baffles my mind, um, you know, where where people in this day and age like you said, think that way. I'm sorry, I can only work around. And, and you know what, if that's the case and they're college kids and it's going to affect their grades, then the choice is don't work or find a job that will accommodate. Right. But you can't alter a job that needs you for specific hours and just say, uh, I'm not going to work those hours, I'll work these hours. Exactly. exactly. Interesting. So. You know what I also Well, hey, I, I know, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. 
No, I was going to, you're probably reading my mind. I was going to mention that, you know, we have a really cool thing coming up, which is a teleseminar, and we're going to be talking about some amazing stuff to, one, you know, back to school, you know, hitting it really heavily, and, and, and was that what you were going to say? Yeah, but uh, I'm going to have to correct you because we're not going to do a teleseminar. We're going to do a webinar. So people are going to get to see your face. Oh, cool. Yeah, so that's great. So I'm going to have to do my hair that morning and shave. Uh, but uh, you know what? Uh, so we're going to do this webinar, and uh, it's going to be on. You know, uh, we have we actually have three segments of it. You know, almost like lessons one, two, and three. Uh, we're going to prepare for that back to school season. You know, all the systems that you and I use um, from A to Z. We're going to try to share as many of them as we can. Um, as one of the lessons in this, you know, webinar, and then we're going to also set up that school. Uh, you know, setting up teach the people that are listening to set up their school for success with marketing in that time period back to school. And by the way, it doesn't matter, you know, erase back to school and call it, you know, holidays or, you know, spring, fall, summer, all of these things are all relevant. Um, but we're going to be specifically using back to school strategies. And then we're going to also right. talk about that lesson, which is so important. You know, you get people through the door continuously summer income generators, you know, how to make money off of doing special events and also creating new enrollments and new energy um, in the school for the fall and uh, or the back-to-school season. And uh, I, I'm excited about working with it and doing it. So everybody who's listening, we're going to give you a link. Please sign up and get your name on the list ahead of time. It's going to be between 1 o'clock to 2 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. So for those that are in the earlier time slot, it's not going to be way too early for you. And um, it's going to be well worth it. So I definitely, without a yeah, doubt. Yeah, it's going to be. Uh, yeah, I was say it's going to be July 29th uh, at uh, 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And uh, if you go to schoolownertalk.com, there'll be on the top right hand side there'll be a link that you can click on to it in order to get go to it and sign up for it, register for the uh, um, the webinar. And our 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 goal is to we're going to do at least an uh, well I know we're going to do an hour for the webinar, but we'll, you know, if there are questions and stuff that, that you have, you'll be able to ask those questions live so that we can answer them. More than likely, we will probably, some of them we might answer as we go, but we'll probably save some of them for the end just because we do have an agenda that we have to cover, but then we'll, we'll go ahead and answer questions for that. So you can go to schoolownertalk.com and the top right-hand side of the page, you will be able to get access to that uh, back-to-school webinar. Um, and they, any any they can all, final thoughts they they could also type in questions as we go, right? And if they want to type them in Absolutely. or email at the time, like some people are shy. I always got nervous if people, I'd go, any questions, and they'd be like crickets, you know? And then uh, one person said to me, no, no, you're doing a great job explaining everything. There's really no room for questions. So if you have any questions on any topic, off of the topic even, um, either email us or type them in that day, and we'll be happy to help. And, you know, even if we have to slightly veer off path to answer that question, we'd be more than happy to do it. So we're here for you guys, and we love doing it. And by the way, it's free. Um, you know, it's not valueless because sometimes people equate free with not being of value, but this seminar could literally change a school's, you know, a school's uh, financial landscape and, you know, demographic and, and, you know, student body. So it's something that you should definitely share with your friends if you have other friends in the martial arts, even in yoga studios and gyms and other health-related personal training. All of this stuff that we speak about, Dwayne and I, are all, it's all together. It works, you know, it's, it's universal, so to speak. 
All right. So, yeah, I agree. Go ahead and uh, get that information. Go to schoolundertalk.com and uh, register for that. And, Allie, uh, appreciate your time. And, uh, obviously, I appreciate uh, hanging out with you over the phone. Absolutely, dude. I'll talk to you soon. And, everybody, I'll talk to you soon. And, hopefully, you'll be on that seller seminar or the webinar. 